I'm Bill Moyers. It's good to have your ear. Senator Bernie Sanders on breaking big money's grip on democracy. Apparently for these guys, owning and controlling our economy is not enough. They now want to own and control the government, and we are not going to allow them to do that. Not in Richmond, not anywhere. I think the decision of the Supreme Court will go down in history in Citizens United. It's one of the worst decisions ever. Free speech is your right to talk about any issue that you want. It is not your right to spend unlimited sums of money to control the United States government or state legislatures or governor's seats all over this country. That is not what free speech is about. Thanks for joining us. This just in from the prophetic Andy Borowitz. With midterm elections a few days away, a new poll indicates that billionaires are likely to retain control of the United States government. Proxy candidates of billionaires are likely to win 98% of next Tuesday's races, with the remaining 2% leaning billionaire. Now, Andy Boritz is one of our leading humorists, and I figured he was joking, but now I'm not so sure. And neither, I'd guess, is United States Senator Bernie Sanders, because a couple of weeks ago, Bernie Sanders was in Richmond, California, a small city of just over 100,000 in the Bay Area of San Francisco. He was speaking out against the energy giant Chevron and the big money it's spending to influence the local elections there. And if Chevron can roll over you, they and their buddies will roll over every community in America. If you can stand up and beat them with all of their money, you're going to give hope to people all over America that we can control our destiny. Chevron's the Fortune 500 company that has a big refinery in Richmond and acts like it owns the place. After that refinery erupted in fire two years ago, the city, led by Mayor Gail McLaughlin, sued Chevron for what it alleges is a long history of negligence. Chevron's fighting back, spending an incredible $3 million plus to beat McLaughlin and her allies and replace them with a more pliable city council that will protect the oil company's interest. All that cash for one small election, but it's just part of a spending frenzy of perhaps $4 billion all across the country, making this the most expensive midterms in history. Money unleashed by a series of Supreme Court decisions allowing millionaires and billionaires to drown out the voice of anyone who tries to speak against them. And that's why Bernie Sanders is with me now. He's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's an independent. In his second Senate term, after 16 years in the House of Representatives and eight as the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. Welcome back. Great to be with you. It's a long way from Burlington, Vermont to Richmond, California, and there's a lot of other places you could have been going. Why did you go there? Because it disgusts me and angers me to see a huge multinational corporation like Chevron try to destroy a local government which is standing up for the working people and standing up for the environment. The idea that just because they have unlimited sums of money, they can toss aside and defeat people who are trying to do the right thing is not what America is supposed to be about, and it upset me very much. You were very upset. Let me play you another excerpt from this speech. <laughs> unlimited sums of money from one of the largest corporations in America who says, how dare you? Ordinary people, working class people, people of color, young people. How dare you 
think you have a right to run your city government. Who do you think you are? We're going to teach you a lesson. We're going to tell you who owns this community, who controls this community. And that's what this fight is about here in Richmond. And you damn well better win that fight. So what is the fight? The fight is for the future of democracy in America. What you're seeing in Richmond is one small part of what's going on in this country today, Bill. And let me just say this. If people think the situation is bad now, and it is horrendous, the chairman of the Republican Party now, he wants to take it further. He thinks Citizens United did not go far enough. So the Koch brothers and he want to eliminate all campaign finance legislation, all regulations, and have a situation where the billionaires will say to somebody, you want to run for governor of California? Here's a check for a half a billion dollars. You work for me. No longer independent expenditures. We own you completely. I read one account that says Chevron is spending over $150 for every, quote, likely voter. What do they get back for their investment? Well, what they're going to get back, clearly, is a city council which will be less uh, attentive to the environmental needs of that community. They are the largest employer. They have, as you mentioned a moment ago, there was a terrible uh, fire there a couple of years ago. People there are very concerned about the environmental impacts of Chevron, and they will get a much more docile city council if they win. I wager that just about everybody watching this show knows what you and I think about this issue. And yet, while you're speaking and I'm reporting, those folks are out there creating a reality on the ground with their money. And things get worse. Things are getting worse. Uh, You know, when you look at this campaign and you realize the enormously serious issues this country faces, right? We've got a collapsing middle class. We have more wealth and income inequality today than we've had since the 1920s. We have all of these enormous issues. And what big money can do is put an unbelievable amount of TV and radio ads out there to deflect attention from the real issues facing the American people. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I've seen you quite recently on television. It's always the same questions and always the same five headlines. Uh, What's the story that the corporate press is not letting you tell? Oh, my God. You see, this is the issue. I mean, I've been on a million of these shows. They say, here's the story of the day. What do you think about the Secret Service? What do you think about this? What do you think about Ebola? All of those issues are important. But the issues that impact ordinary people is they're asking why, despite all of the increase in productivity, people are working longer hours for lower wages. Have we had that discussion, Bill? Have you ever heard anybody talking about it? They're asking how come we've had these unfettered free trade policies that have resulted in the loss of millions of good-paying jobs, and you've got both parties still saying, well, that's pretty good. And this issue of income and wealth inequality, wow, 1%. Only 37% of the wealth in America, bottom 60%, only 1.7%. One family, the Walton family of Walmart, only more wealth than the bottom 40%. Do you think we should be talking about that issue? You can't get that discussion going on TV. Why? Because it's not in the interest of the corporations who own the networks to actually be educating the American people so that we are debating the real issues. It's much better to deflect attention away from those issues and get into the story of the day. This, to me, is the fundamental question facing Bernie Sanders. How do you get your message directly to those who need it most? And you know who they are? They're conservative working people who don't realize that their party has been sold all these years to the financial and business interests that are rigging the rules 
against them. How do you reach those people? Well, I, believe me, I wish I had the magic answer. You're asking exactly the right question. There are parts of this country, Bill, where the only information people get is on radio. You got Rush Limbaugh. 95% of talk radio is extreme right wing. Uh, you got Fox Television, which does a an extraordinary job of deflecting attention away from the real issues. The idea that you have these working class people who are voting for candidates who refuse to raise the minimum wage, who refuse to provide health care for their kids, who want to send their jobs to China, who want to give tax breaks to corporations, it, it blows my mind, and that is the issue that we have to figure out. But is there no way to make a concerted effort to reach out to conservative working people, people who share, I think, a populist bias in behalf of, of government by and for the people. Wouldn't you bolster your credentials as someone willing to sh really shake things up, get beyond this distracting tedium of left and right and uh, uh, horse race mentalities that you're asked about all the time on the way? Is there a way to make a campaign out of that? This is something that, that I'm thinking about hard. When they ask uh, Tea Party people, and I've seen some of the polls, uh, do you think we should cut Social Security? You know what they say overwhelmingly? No. Should you cut Medicare? No. They, the Tea Party working class people will be shocked to know that the people who founded the Tea Party, the Koch brothers, want to eliminate Social Security, Medicare, the concept of the minimum wage. In other words, the ideology of the Koch brothers, who put the initial money in to found the Tea Party is very different from the average working class person. And you're saying, how do we reach out to get to work in, in, in coalition with those folks is something that I think we have got to do. I heard Morning Joe ask you if you're going to run for president. And you've been asked that everywhere. And I don't want to beat a dead horse. I particularly don't want to beat a dead dark horse. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you were to do it, and I'm not going to play games with you about saying, well, are you or are you not? If you were to do it, would you run as a Democrat or an independent? I haven't resolved that yet. There are advantages and disadvantages of both. The, there is strong contempt now for the, both the Democratic and Republican parties. All of the elections that I have won in Vermont have been as an independent. So that speaks to running as an independent. The problem is, is that the deck is really stacked against independents. So that's what I'm kind of weighing. But the main issue that I'm trying to figure out, and I'm going around the country talking to people, is there support for a candidacy which is really prepared to take on the billionaire class. Is it, in fact, possible to do what you just said? It's easy to talk about. Let's reach out to working class Tea Party people. Can you do it? How do you do it? How do you get the resources to do it? How do you build the grassroots organization? This is what I do believe from the bottom of my heart. In this election coming up right now, the estimate is that 60% of the people are not going to vote. 60%. Midterm election. Yes. 80% uh, of low-income working people are not going to vote. Bill, what I am absolutely sure of, is that we do not change this country unless there is a political revolution, there is a radical change in consciousness where working people are not only voting, they're participating in the political process, they understand how important politics and government is for the future of this country and for their kids. So what's your strategy? I mean, the I know strategy you care about, I know you want to make a difference, but I know the system is against your making a difference. You have to bring people together who may not agree on every issue, but who understand that, the, understand that the middle class is collapsing and we are moving uh, toward an oligarchic form of society where the billionaires will control the economy and the political life of this country. So that means reaching out uh, to people, 
from different walks of life and say, you've got to overcome this difference and that difference. So I think what we have to do, Bill, is lay out an agenda which says, we are going to take on the billionaire class. You know what? We're going to overturn Citizens United. We're going to move to public funding of elections so these guys don't buy elections. Are you going to ask them to join a third party? That's a question that we have. To, that's, it's, it's a difficult question. It's a difficult question. You know, I have, that's been my life as an independent. And that's one I'm wrestling with, Bill. But given, I, the answer is I just don't know. But what I do know is you need a strong progressive agenda which says, you know, why is it that in a country like Denmark, everybody has health care as a right? Why is it that higher education is free? Can we do that in this country? The answer is we can't. But you're not going to do it when 60% of the people don't vote in an off-presidential election. How do you make the Hillary wing of the Democratic Party pay attention to the power of a populist message unless you're in the debates in 2016 when most of the public is paying attention to political messages? This has been my political experience. When you rally the grassroots of the country or the city, or of your state, when people begin to stand up and say, enough is enough, we want to do well by our kids, we want to protect the environment, we believe we should join the rest of the world in terms of having health care for all, single-payer health care for all, etc., etc. When people begin to move, the people on top will follow them. So whether it's Hillary or anybody else, what we have got to do is mobilize the American people in a way that we have not seen in recent history, around a progressive agenda. Bill, every poll that I have seen, when they ask the American people, what is the most important issue that you're concerned about? You know what they say? Jobs and the economy. How come we are not investing heavily in rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure? One trillion dollars invested in rebuilding roads, bridges, water systems, rail, creates 13 million decent-paying jobs. You know what? The American people want us to do that. This is what Barack Obama did in 2008. He asked people to take over the Democratic Party, progressives and populists, the everyday people that you described in your speech out in, in, in Richmond. He asked those people to come in and elect me and we'll do just exactly what Bernie Sanders would do if he were president. Hasn't happened. I have a lot of respect for Barack Obama. But his biggest mistake is that after running a brilliant campaign in 2008, where millions of people, in fact, were galvanized, young people, people of color, came out and said, hey, we're going to make some real change. The day after the election, he said, okay, thank you very much. Now I'm going to work inside the beltway, and we're going to start negotiating with Republicans and all that stuff. The simple truth is, in my view, nothing gets done unless millions and millions of people will demand it, Politics is 365 days a year. Not just voting. Exactly. And anyone, you're going to have the best person in the world as president of the United States, that person will accomplish nothing unless millions of people are standing behind him or her. The practical issue is how do you get millions of people mobilized if, in fact, both parties are on the side of money? You know, you're making the right argument, I know, and people are responding, but they don't know what to do. They're frustrated. You know, even your own wife says... She gets depressed when she hears you make another speech like you did in Richmond. <laughs> and people write me and say, I'm depressed watching your show because I don't know what to do. Number one, we are, in fact, a very, very difficult moment. But let's also look back on history. Bill, if you and I were chatting here 30 years ago and we would say, you said to me, you know, I think 
that the United States, people of our country, are going to overcome the deep racism in this country and elect an African-American. You said that 30 years ago. People said, Bill, you're crazy. That'll never happen. 30 years ago, we had two women in the United States Senate. Today, we have 20, and that number is certainly going to go up. In terms of gay rights, if you and I were sitting here 10 years ago, and you were to say to me, Bernie, you know, I think in conservative states in 2014, they're going to be passing gay marriage. Would you have dreamed of that 10 years ago? You wouldn't have. I would not have. Okay. Right now, we're engaged in a huge fight. It is the economic struggle against the billionaire class who wants it all. They want to kill Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the whole thing. Can we beat them? We can. Now, here's some good news. I know in the middle of all the bad news. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was elected mayor of Burlington in 1981. I made promises to the people of my city. Two years later, Bill, we doubled, almost doubled voter turnout. How's that? You know why? Because I kept my word. And people said, you know what? He is making a difference. He didn't lie to us. So if you have leadership which delivers, or at least says, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, remember what he said? He said, these are the economic royalists. They hate my guts, and I welcome their hatred because I'm on your side. That's the kind of policy and language we need. I, I apologize for being tedious, but you're right. You know, we, a lot of changes, black rights, women's rights, gay rights. But here in New York, we have a governor who's been really good on gay rights, and he's a handmaiden of Wall Street. Yes. I mean, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer, their constituency is Wall Street. So people who want to come out and do what you want to do are led by people who say, well, we'll go only so far because our loyalty remains to money. Okay. Yes. Uh, the only point, th- there is a difference between social issues and the economic issues. And I will not deny for one moment that taking on the ruling class of this country and the billionaire class, it's tough stuff. It is tough stuff. So I don't have any magical solutions, but what I do know is that if we do not create an economy that works for ordinary people, if we do not end the fact that 95% of all new income now goes to the top 1%, we've got to end it. And the only way I know to do that is to rally ordinary people around the progressive agenda. So our job is to create a 50-state grassroots movement around a progressive agenda. And then would the purpose be, as the Tea Party's purpose was to take over the Republican Party, would the purpose be to take over the Democratic Party? That is certainly one of the options. I mean, the options are... The I don't see how you could do it just as an independent outside, stiff-armed by both parties, ignored by the press. Well, let's be very clear. Now, the Tea Party has been enormously successful, enormously successful. They've taken a kind of a, a center-right party and made it a right-wing extremist party. If you had a grassroots movement, if you had the trade union people, if you had the environmental community, the women's community, and ordinary working class people standing up, can you take the Democratic Party and make it into a progressive party? I think there's a chance you can. Why are people furious about this? I would say they are furious, and the Republicans take that anger and channel it against people who are even worse off than than working class people. Uh, And I think also people don't see an option. They've kind of given up in seeing, yeah, I'm working longer hours for low wages. Yeah, my kid can't afford to go to college. Yeah, my aunt does not have any health insurance. What can I do about it? And also, also, there has not been, because of media, because of weak politics on the part of the Democratic Party, the kind of focus that we need to say, you know where the problem is? These guys are getting richer and richer. You're getting poorer and poorer. What's wrong? What's going wrong? with the Democratic Party? 
in one answer, I'd say money. Time after time, we see a hesitancy on the part of the Democratic Party to stand up to the billionaire class because you can't do that when you're out hustling campaign contributions. Um, so whether the issues are disastrous trade policy, lowering the cost of prescription drugs, all of these special interests have enormous power and they influence the Democratic Party. Instead of having public meetings with people, you have Democratic candidates running all over the place trying to raise money to keep up with the Koch brothers. So I would say you know, money is corrupting certainly has taken over the Republican Party, has significantly impacted the Democrats. How do we get money out of politics? Well, the first thing is we need a massive grassroots movement to have state after state, and we have, I think, 16 of them already on board saying, we support a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. I think there's something like 500 communities around America saying the same thing. Then, when we do that, we move to public funding of elections. You want to run, I will not be able to outspend you. Senator Bernie Sanders, thank you for being with me. Great to be here. At our website, BillMoyers.com, there's a web-exclusive interview with Gail McLaughlin, the mayor of Richmond, California, where Chevron is spending those millions trying to defeat her and other progressive candidates. And we have a guide to everything you need to know to cast your ballot on Tuesday and what to do if someone tries to keep you from exercising your right. That's all at BillMoyers.com. I'll see you there, and I'll see you here next time. Moyers & Company is produced by Public Affairs Television. You can learn more about the team that collaborates to produce the series at BillMoyers.com. Funding is provided by... Ann Gumowitz, encouraging the renewal of democracy. Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovations in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security at Carnegie.org. The Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide. The Herb Alpert Foundation, supporting organizations whose mission is to promote compassion and creativity in our society. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information at macfound.org. Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. The Kohlberg Foundation, Barbara G. Fleischman, and by our sole corporate sponsor, Mutual of America, designing customized individual and group retirement products. That's why we're your retirement company.